2: Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ.
3: Packing the Esky and the Thermos with me this Tuesday morning. I've got a lot of blank stares around the studio. Yeah, that's what you used to do when you go to sporting grounds. The Esky, the Thermos. Not anymore. No, 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 no. We'll get into our top five very shortly. The best suburban grounds in any sport, in any code. But first of all, record revenue, millions in profits. The NRL are swimming in cash. So where should they spend it? 131355 0467 736, 736 Where should they spend the surplus? Where should they sink it? Should it be in expansion? Should it be buying UK Super League? What about the grassroots? Or well, maybe grand final entertainment? 131355 0467 736, 736 If you were in charge, where would you spend the profit? Where would you reinvest it? There's no right or wrong answer to this, but from your experience, where's the money needed? Thirteen thirteen fifty five zero four six seven seven three six seven three six. They're the digits you need to be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation. Whether you're listening on air, online, or on your phone, those numbers are the same. I'll take you. Actually, I will take you to Vegas, but I'll also get a take from a league legend on this. One of the original pioneers who took rugby league to America back in 1987. State of origin, he was the Reese Walsh of the '80s, Gary Belcher. Oh, badge is back. How good's that? Uh, we'll find out about the original LA experiment, Californian dreaming for the origin in well, 1987 game four, the unofficial game four, but. Also, his thoughts on where the money should be invested. Uh, the Broncos have just finished their main training session ahead of the Vegas venture. It's at a Thousand Oaks, California. That's where they've been based. Uh, how are they running? Uh, what positions will be filled as far as the vacancies ahead of round one? We know no Flegler. We know no Farnworth. Yeah, Selvon Cobo's going to be in the centres, but what does that mean for the reshuffle? Uh, I'll take you there. We'll get the take from Peter Bedell. I know he was on with Patton Heels earlier. If you missed it, we'll replay that for you. Uh, we will get that update from Camp Bris Vegas. I will take you to the streets of Las Vegas as well. Jaleesa Apps, part of the SEN family. Uh, she is in the entertainment capital of the world, reporting for 7 News as well. Uh, so we'll get the latest from Sin City. Uh, Manly have been there. They've been doing the rounds on the local TV and sports stations there. And it's all in the lead up to Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, which takes me to our top five. Allegiant Stadium, it cost one point nine billion dollars US, two point, well, almost three billion dollars Australian. And we've been talking stadiums, haven't we, here for the last 12 to 18 months. But what we saw over the weekend and the previous week with the NRL preseason challenge is the suburban grounds and rural grounds being used. Fantastic stuff, wasn't it? So good to see, especially for the regional areas to get and taste the NRL, touch and feel some of their stars that they would not see on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a yearly basis. So it leads into our top five today. The best suburban grounds in your sport, in any sport, Where would you like to see a big game taken? Eh, Maybe as a one-off. I'll put it to heels just before. A test match at Allen Border Field. Just as a one-off. Where you can pack the esky, pack the thermos, sit on the hill, take a deck chair. Oh, doesn't that take you back to the 80s? How good. Where? Where would you like to see? Can you imagine an NRL game being taken to Ballymore? What sacrilege, isn't it? But it's got a hill. How good's a hill? Mm. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Our top five will compile that over the next three hours. Uh, speaking of fantastic grounds, in New Zealand on Thursday, the Basin Reserve Wellington. It's in the Kiwi capital. I'll take you there this morning. The Australians are training. Uh, Usman Khawaja has spoken. We'll get a taste of what the uh, People's Champ has got to say before midday today. But Adam Collins will be part of, in fact, heading up our commentary team for the New Zealand Test Series. It starts Thursday. 9am here on SENQ, every single ball, you will not miss a beat. We know Queenslanders are involved. Usman is there, yes. Marnus, wow. He needs to fire up because by his own lofty standards, he was the world's number one batsman. He has slipped down those rankings. He's had a quiet summer. Marnus needs to fire up. Also, Michael Nisa. Oh, remember that? He's been called into this test squad. He is on tour. Outstanding stuff. Does he get a start? There's only two tests, one in Wellington, one in Christchurch. These are the conditions that Michael Nisa would revel in. Does he? Should he? Will he? Get a start over the big three. Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins. Jeez, I'd like to hope so. Adam Collins, our man on the ground, watching Australian training. We'll catch to, uh, cross to him in New Zealand. At the Basin Reserve, and the Basin Reserve actually—I mentioned—it's a picturesque ground. I was lucky enough to be there with the Australian Rugby League team when they played a test in Wellington back in two thousand and one. Oh my goodness, that was a long time ago. But they trained there, and I—it was breathtaking to see the Basin Reserve where it was in relation to the city centre in Wellington, and, and how close it is to the action. To the point is to the point of where the white picket fence going around the ground, you see cars in one of the main streets just driving past. It'd be like if they took down an entire side of the Gabba and you just had Vulture Street or Stanley Street going past and you could see it from the ground to play. It's an amazing ground. They've got that suburban feel right there in Wellington. Where would you like to see it? 1313550467736736. 13, uh, I will take you to the nation's capital as well, Canberra. Uh, Paddy Welsh, MIA, for breakfast this morning, but he's being, doing a very, very important cause fronting that. Parliament House in Canberra. They're having a conference, a seminar, uh, presentations on dementia. Not too many families in this country have not been. Uh, affected by dementia or know someone who has been. So bigger picture stuff. What Paddy has been doing in Canberra. He was down there with the King, Wally Lewis. Yes, there's a sporting side to this with CTE. Um, but they're presenting their cases uh, to those decision makers and the money holders in Canberra to find out how to tackle this great des- uh, this uh, disease that had been such a great impact on so many people and so many families. So we'll catch up with Paddy. Uh, before midday today. And, of course, at 11 o'clock, Queensland's biggest sports quiz. Dinner or drinks on us at the Waterloo Bay Hotel. 13 13 55 0467 736, 736 They're the digits you need to be part of Queensland sports biggest conversation. But before we do that, let's do this. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. I'm seeing these suburban grounds coming through. Outstanding. Keep them ripping in. But... NRL record revenue, millions in profits. Where should they be spending the money? Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. I'll tell you where they shouldn't be spending it. UK Super League. What? David Riccio, writing in the Courier Mail over the weekend. I am sure you would have seen this. Revealed the NRL were exploring the idea of buying the English competition. Why? Like, really, why why would you buy a loss-making third-ranked football comp in England? What would that achieve? It'd be like buying rugby here. And remember, they tried that, private equity. Surely there's places, better places, more needy places to inject those profits, right? And look, if you miss those profits, a record $701 million in revenue, profit, just a tad over $58 million. Hell of a year for the NRL. I reckon the Queensland Rugby League would have better places to invest those profits, wouldn't they? Remember CEO Ben Ikon last week talking to Patty and heels? I'll try and refresh that memory if Sam can get the buttons punching away. Uh, look, we know the QRL are asking, begging, in fact, suing the ARL. The R L Commission for funds to fund their game. Um, look, the we're one. headed to court, we go, Benny. and that
4: was over uh, last year's uh, budget approval process, and it hasn't got much better this year. And the scary thing for us is, while we're seemingly not being able to talk sense into our national governing body about what needs to happen, you know, at the grassroots level, the other sports are mobilising at a rate of knots. The AFL, in particular, um, is pronouncing from Melbourne that they're going to be the number one game in Queensland in 10 years. And the only way they're going to be able to do it is with an aligned approach with the people who work in Queensland and a whole lot of cash.
5: Mm. And,
4: um, you know, if we're not careful, uh, if we don't kind of take advantage of the popularity of our sport, then they will catch us. Respect what we've created in Queensland and invest in it. Because at the moment, you know, what we're asking for is $10 million in total to spread across those 15 clubs. Mm. $10 million in total, right? They each run six teams. That's all. Whereas you go into an NRL club, $17 million each, plus another couple of million if you run an NRLW site. We're asking for $10 million for 15 clubs. Mm. Yeah. I just don't understand the logic behind rejecting that.
3: There we go. Is that where you'd spend the money if you were in charge of the NRL? A profit of 58 million and the biggest nursery that they have is the New South Wales Cup and the Queensland Cup. Shouldn't that where shouldn't that be where the money's invested? Shouldn't that be where it goes? And that's just to run the game. What about developing the game? You and I spoke about this last week. AFL, they're entrenched in schools. OzKick is dominating, not only in Queensland, not only in New South Wales, around the country. And they've got a billion-dollar war chest to spend more money on it over the next decade. What's Rugby League doing? And how's Rugby League faring in that battle? It's something I spoke to Broncos legend Mick Devere about last week. He spent 18 years as a development officer.
6: It's, it's a point that I've always been uh, big on because the AFL really promote it well. And everyone knows about the OzKick program. You know, um, there's a rugby league are out there doing... A lot of great work, but they not everyone knows about it. They don't they don't promote it as well as the AFL. I think they could do it a lot better. So they've had programs over the years called Backyard League and Kids to Kangaroos. There used to be Kids to Kangaroos, and and um, it's funny. I talk to rugby league people who who are right into rugby league. Don't really follow, follow AFL. Mm. And I'll say, what's what's the AFL junior development program? I will say oh, I was Kicking. I've heard of that. But then I'll say, what's the rugby league one? And they go. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And they're, they're rugby league people. Now it's actually called league stars. Uh, the other thing, the NRL don't they don't actually have NRL in the name either. They don't. They just call it league stars. They don't have like NRL league stars or anything like that. But it's um or you know AFL. It's AFL Ozkick, and they got the national, you know, the, the big sponsor, um, NAB that sponsor it and stuff. And yeah. I, think, I just think they really promote it well. They as they say they they market it really well. They go out to the schools and they sell it as, a, as an eight-week program. They give them the bag and the footy and, and the water bottle all that stuff and they, they brand it all up well. And I just think the NRL could do it a lot better. And, um,
3: yeah, there we go. Mick Devere, man. He's at the Coalface doing this. 18 years as a development officer with the Brisbane Broncos. He's out of Korean Leagues. He's fighting the good fight, but there he was just talking up AFL. Not Not talking it up in a positive sense, but just he knows about it. You know about it. What do you know about the rugby league program? So maybe that's where the NRL should be investing their profits. Is that where you'd put it? Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. I'm going to throw out expansion too. Do they put the money there? That could grow the game, couldn't it? PNG or, or Perth. And, and when I say put the money in there, as much as the NRL has balked at funding clubs, and we know the Dolphins didn't get a cent off them, they had to do everything off their own bat. But the Dolphins were in rugby league heartland. That was an easy sell. Geez, those in the peninsula will go, come on, hang on. Easy. Well, it'd be easier than trying to sell it in Perth or PNG. Maybe not PNG, but definitely Perth. Definitely Perth. The NRL surely can see what the AFL has done on the Gold Coast and in Western Sydney. And what rugby isn't doing in Melbourne. Especially if they head west. There's going to be some sort of monetary financial assistance needed if they want to expand the game. Is that a good use of the money? A good use of the profit is that where you'd spend it thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Why shouldn't it be the UK Super League? Quick Google search will answer those questions for you. But don't worry, I did it. it. Took me about ten minutes. September last year, they posted every single club in Super League deficits. They were making financial losses. Not a single club made a profit. Those losses totaled £12.3 million. In Aussie dollars, almost $24 million combined over 12 clubs. The Salford Devils, they were the best-performing clubs still. They lost £600,000, so about £1.1 That was the best-performing financial club, and they still lost more than a million bucks. There were seven clubs – apologies. There were six clubs that lost seven figures. Hull, Wigan, Leeds, Warrington, St Helens, Huddersfield. And Huddersfield, they posted losses of $4.9 million. What, What, why would the NRL be investing in this? But hang on, I know, you're about to say clubs don't make a profit here. Only a couple do. Yeah, I get that. So it's not about the club profits. What about the governing body? Well, the rugby, the RFL, who's the controlling body in England, They posted a near $2 million loss. And I know when we're throwing around phone numbers like this, $2 million doesn't sound much, but we're talking about the NRL who made $58 million profit. They've had to enlist IMG, the global marketing giant, to come in and run the commercial side of the game in the UK. So why is the NRL even looking at this? Shouldn't they be investing in their own backyard before looking overseas? Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Off and running for a Tuesday morning. Twenty nine degrees in Brisbane already. Another hot one. Oh, geez, you'd want autumn to be coming around pretty quick, wouldn't you? Uh, we'll get to your calls, your texts straight after this, and we'll hear from the Broncos camp. How have they been training? Who looks to be filling those spots, front row and on the wing? That's next here on SENQ.
2: Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus.
3: Issued by Host Plus Proprietary
2: Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings, Mornings with Ben Davis, Davis on SENQ. On warm summer's evening On a train bound from nowhere I met up with a gambler We were both
7: too tired
1: to sleep So we took turns of staring Out the window at the darkness the boredom overtook us,
3: and he began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life. Oh, we could be just playing Kenny all morning, couldn't we? That's right, the Vegas gamble. Is it a gamble? Well, we'll find out, because round one, close uh, to being upon us, so much so that the Brisbane Broncos have had their main training session this morning, our time. Uh, A Thousand Oaks, California. The Malibu Hills, it's the LA Rams training facility. That's where they have been running. Uh, Corey Parker and Ian Healy caught up with Pete Bedell from the Courier Mail, their chief league rider. He was on the scene as the Broncos were running through their paces. What did he see? What positions have been filled? We know no Flegler, no Farnworth. What's the switch look like? How will the Broncos be lining up round one?
4: Interesting session here today. It's their 2nd last session before they leave LA to head to Vegas. And looking at some possible team changes, fascinating lineups at training. Oh, the good news, Brendan P. Peacura, guys, will definitely start. He injured his left mm, knee that good. in that trial against the Cowboys. But he ran today, no problems. He's still got his knees strapped. Mm. But he's definitely in the team. He will play on, on Fridays or Saturday, barring any late mishaps. Uh, and with the wing spot, guys, is the other one. Fascinating. I saw Dean Mariner doing some reps today, so he's still in, in the hunt there for a wing spot, but Jesse Arthurs will definitely be on one wing, and then the other wing will be between Dean Mariner and Corey Oates. So it'll be interesting to see boys
6: which way they go there.
3: Yeah, there we go. Pete Dell from Broncos training earlier this morning. It was interesting to see and hear what Corey Parker had to say in response to that. He said, well, you be picking Corey Oates every day of the week. Uh, As as much as Dee Mariner is a talent and he's got speed to burn, when you've got a really narrow field you're not going to be running around teams. You need to be punching through them, and that's where Corey Oates will come into his own. Corey Jensen. Jeez, it's the Corey story, isn't it? Well, the Corey's, Uh it looks like Corey Jensen has uh, been lining up with Payne Haas in the front row as well. I'll take you to the streets of Vegas. Jalisa Apps, part of the SEN family, we will be crossing to her in the next uh, 10 to 15 minutes just to get a lowdown on what's happening there. Manly have set up base. They're the only team that have set up base in Vegas for the week. Jalisa is based with them, but also just that take on... The streets of Vegas. What has she seen? What are the what are the locals saying? We're going to take from her very very shortly. All right, let's get to some of these texts here. This is brilliant stuff. Uh, suburban grounds, your favourite, and where would you like to see a big time match taken to? Big event. It could be cricket. It could be rugby league. It, it could be AFL rugby. Wherever, whatever. What's the best? Uh, A lot of love for Langlands coming through. Langlands Park, best ground, hands down. Uh, Thank you for that text. No name on it. Um, Winston, morning to you. The Frank McGruan Oval in Grafton. Is it McGruan? McGruan. Frank. In Grafton, go the Mighty Ghosts. Winston. Can you imagine? Who would play there? The Titans maybe in Grafton? Would they go there? Uh, Max, a very good morning to you. By far the best suburban ground to watch league from is Cougar Eye Oval. Win Some of the greats to play the game have played there. There's nothing better. Uh, Speaking of greats to play the game, Gary Belcher coming up after 10 o'clock today. He was the Reese Walsh of the 80s. That's right. Part of that original uh, US invasion. State of origin. Game four, the exhibition match in 1987, Badge was part of that. He's played a bit of time at Cougar Eye as well. He was the enemy though. there playing for the Magpies. Uh, let me see. Adam, good morning to you uh, on the text line. With AFL growing so much in Queensland and by their accounts preparing to be the number one code in Queensland, is there any idea that the AFL could come to the table with the Gabba rebuilt? Adam, at 29 minutes past nine, we open that Pandora's box. I might come back to that, Adam. I might come back to that. 131355-0467-736-736. Uh, if you've got ideas on that, should the AFL come and help build and rebuild the Gabba? Surely the Brisbane Cricket Ground cricket has to come into play there if that is part of it? No, yes, maybe. Uh, time for a news hit, Vanessa, standing by. 131355 0467 736 736. Amacus, proud sponsors of the Little Legends, helping us do it all today, supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland. Grassroots, is that where you would sink the money if you were in charge of the NRL's profits? Imagine that, 58 million. Where would you go? What would you spend it on? 131355 0467 736, 736 In your experience, what is needed the most? Where should they reinvest the profits? Should it be in grassroots? Should it be in game development? It's not really sexy, is it? But it's needed. Maybe they should spend it on grand final entertainment. That's the sexy side side of things. Where would you put the money? You don't want to blow it. You want to invest it. You want to get a good return on investment as well. Uh, We'll head to Vegas very shortly. Let me see. Text coming through. Uh, Hi, guys. Rugby Sheep here. I think that's a new texter, new caller, new listener. Thanks for making the switch. Can the A R U please borrow fifty million off the NRL? Uh, rugby sheep, before, 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 you don't won't. Let's just calm the farm and just be careful what you wish for because rugby are already in the hole for what eighty million. They've got a what an overdraft or a loan just to keep the game running. So you want to borrow another fifty million on top of that? Hmm, I don't think so. I don't think so. 13, 13, 55. But as I said, there's no right or wrong answer to this, right? It's what you think and what you believe they should be investing in. One thing they shouldn't be investing in is UK Super League. Uh, I mentioned it's not profitable. I'll tell you one of the reasons why it isn't profitable. Over the history of Super League in the UK. So it was formed in the 90s or mid-90s, 96 it was, because Super League happened here in 95. 96, since 1996... Take a guess at how many clubs have won the Super League Premiership. So, what are we talking? Nearly 30 years. How many clubs have won? 10? 12? No? Eight? Four. Four clubs have been Super League champions in nearly 30 years St Helens, Wigan, Leeds, and Bradford. That's it. It's not competitive so there's a start you've got to make it competitive you've got to make sure that there's not just a foregone conclusion four clubs since 1996 have won the title wow don't be investing in that no maybe 1313550467736736 13, later in the show i'm going to take you to new zealand well, I can take you there now. The home of Dave Dobbin, the home of the two test series between the Aussies and the Kiwis, the neighbourhood feud. It's back on again. Uh, Usman Kawaja has had a media conference uh, before training today uh, and he spoke about his memories of playing in NZ. It's been, what, eight years since the last test there.
8: it was, it honestly doesn't feel that long ago but i mean eight years is a decent amount of time i even put it in perspective i reckon i just met my wife-to-be rachel i was I only just met her it was the first tour she she came on it's funny when you put it in a perspective like that now with us with two kids and looking back on it yeah it probably was longer than i thought it was but i think it was my first away century too and i really just really enjoyed it back in the australian side um, I think it ended up being like my fourth hundred and pretty much four, four games I didn't play, in SCG, it was rain, so I didn't even get to bat there. So it was just, I just remember, I just have good, good memories, really good time. Um, it wasn't easy. I think I was out there in the first over. I think Joe Burns might have got out in the first over, Trent Bolt and Saudi coming at me with the new ball. So it's very satisfying innings, but even more satisfying, I think we won by a big margin of that game. Uh, so I think we've got good memories here.
3: Well, there we go. Aussie's got some good memories on and off the field by the sounds of it as well. Uh, what about his partnership with Steve Smith? How important that's going to be? We'll play you a little bit of and Kawaja a little later in the program. Right now, we're going to take a quick break and then head to Sin City. Yeah, the entertainment capital of the world, Vegas. What happens in Vegas won't stay in Vegas because our very own Jalisa Apps is on the ground there. She'll give us all the dirt on what the teams have been up to. here at on SCNQ.
2: Host Plus has been named Super Rating Superfund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus.
3: Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS
2: and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings, Mornings with, with Ben Davis, Davis. on SENQ. Cheese Kingdom!
3: Mr. Taylor Swift himself, Travis Kelsey, that was the worst attempt at getting a crowd to sing along with you. That's even worse than my singing and uh, accents and stuff that we don't talk about on this show. All right, yes, but we are going to head to Vegas. Uh, Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago, but something bigger, better. Well, the NRL would like to think so anyway. Uh, Coming to town this Sunday, it is round one. Manly and South kick things off. We know then the Broncos and Roosters bring it home in the doubleheader. Jaleesa Apps, part of the SEN family. She is covering the Vegas extravaganza for 7 News as well. We've got her on the line live from the streets of Vegas. Jaleesa, very good morning or good afternoon to you. Uh, describe where you are, what you can see and what you're doing right now. Hello, Ben.
9: Uh, good to Speak to you, but horrible to hear that Travis Kelsey audio. That is the biggest <laughs> ick I think I've ever heard. Apparently, he is actually in Vegas at the moment. I've yet to spot him, but right now we're just driving back from the Seagulls' training. So they were training, hitting the field for the first time. They actually, you know, left Australia almost over a week ago. Uh, now, almost a week ago, and they've hitting the field for the first time. They have been doing a bit of cardio and a bit of weights at the UFC. Uh, Performance Institute so they were also back there today this was the first time they actually got to run around now the interesting thing that I found is they spoke about the altitude so obviously uh, a lot higher here than down in Brookvale Oval and they said the altitude did feel a little bit different and was a little bit to get uh, used to. So I don't know if that maybe that's a little bit of an edge because they'll be training again here on Wednesday our time, Thursday your time before any te- any other teams arrive. So certainly an interesting strategy for them to get Vegas out of the way, the sites, but also to get used to some of those different conditions as well.
3: Uh, okay, Jalisa, give me give me a geography lesson here because there's so many things we've heard about Vegas but, but altitude wasn't oh, one of Oh, don't ask I,
9: me geography. No,
3: well, I mean, how... I just didn't sort of equate Vegas being h- h- high up. I mean, we know it's a desert. So, but but what, what type of altitude are we we talking here? Like, is it is it noticeable? I mean, you've been there for a couple of days now. Can you feel what the air being thinner? Oh, hello, Jaleesa. Oh no, there we go. Technology. We're having a good run with it today, aren't we? We'll try and get it back on the line. Maybe that altitude has. <laughs> <laughs> has, has thinned out the signals there on the phone. Um, interesting. Could you get much more Vegas than training at the UFC High Performance Centre? That's where Manly has been. Uh, and uh, I know Lachlan Croker, their hooker, uh, was speaking uh, to the media a couple of days ago about just trying to get everyone there talking to. Who, who do ask them? Yeah, Hey, what are you guys doing here? Because they're all dressed in their, their Manly kit. They, they know that they are... Uh, uh, some sort of professional team. Where are they from when they explain rugby league? Oh, yeah, yeah, rugby, rugby. We know about that. That's the biggest hurdle that they're facing right now is to actually get that cut through, that it's not rugby, it's rugby league. And I think that's why they should be calling it NRL more than anything. Just take rugby out of it uh, completely. Uh, Let's see. We've got Jaleesa back on the phone. Jaleesa, hello, take two.
10: Oh, isn't that just a classic when we're gossiping in the ad break, the internet's working fine, and then Mm. we get on air and... (laughs) These things happen, but uh yeah, I actually, I was just listening to you speak about uh the different, the confusion between rugby and rugby league. La- yesterday, I found that I was trying to find anybody who knew what rugby league was. I was walking up and down the strip, went down to old Las Vegas. uh No one really knew, but there was one guy who said, oh yeah, I know, I know rugby league. Yeah, of course I know rugby league. Go the All Blacks.
3: And I thought, oh, oh, no, so, so close, so twice. close, but yet so, so far. Close. Mm. Hey, well, Julie, yeah. so, uh, th- that's, that's what I want to know. And, and I had a I had a text uh, come through yesterday saying um, uh, that this listener's girlfriend lives in Vegas and she has not seen anything on the mainstream televisions there, but it has been promoted mm. during the hockey, the NHL. So that, that's where they're focusing on the, on the Fox Sports channels. But is there anything in the streets? Are there billboards? Are there signs? Are there banners up to say, hey, the NRL's in town this weekend, come and watch us?
10: Yeah, there's a bit of signage around. Um, uh, there's actually a fair bit of... Um, so they've got, obviously, the billboards that kind of um, switch all the time. There's not a lot of... Signs around the stadium, which I found interesting. I don't know if that's because it would be incredibly expensive. There's other things advertised on the stadium. But um, there are signs around. And when you go down to Old Town, Las Vegas, the roof there, if anyone knows, it's kind of like a undercover, not quite a mall, but sort of an arcade. Um, the roof there uh, switches all the time. And one of the ads is for, that, is for the rugby league. In Vegas, So there's definitely signage around and I have to say the Seagulls have done a lot of pretty good promotion around the place. Jason Saab was on one of the sports shows in Las Vegas yesterday and I believe he's going to be on a breakfast program tomorrow. So they're certainly doing a bit. The other teams aren't in Vegas so they can't really do that kind of stuff. But there's been a bit of promotion.
3: Jason Saab. Jason Saab, that's an interesting mm. choice, isn't it? Why why Jason Saab? Why throw him up rather than like a, a Trevojevic or a, a, a DCE or, oh, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of any other Manly player that they could have thrown up.
10: Well, I think they all they had other um, media commitments, which is kind of talking to us. So I guess they don't want to uh, overload the one player all the time. But Jason Saab spoke really, really well. Like he was... Uh, great on there and I know people say like why and this was one of the criticisms when the teams came over and they bought Aaron Woods and they said oh couldn't we have sent a bigger name they don't know who these people are so as long as the person is explaining rugby league well they don't really understand the difference between a Jason Starr and Tom Trebojevich in terms of status in the game so I had he did speak quite well.
3: Jaleesa, I'm, I'm going to have Gary Belcher on the program in about 20 minutes time. And he was one of the original pioneers who was part of the 1987 State of Origin game taking to Long Beach, California. So the stories we are going to hear from Badge are going to be plentiful. But one of them is how Alan Langer came third in a bodybuilding competition in the lead up to that match. <laughs> Um, I don't know if Alfie could pull it off now, but has there been any stories so far that you've seen uh, players doing anything that may go down in folklore, a la Alan Langer and bodybuilding?
10: Uh, No, I haven't seen any, um, any bodybuilding, but down in old Vegas uh, yesterday, the day before the players sort of took a bit of a look around and it is quite a sight to see down there. Like there are, really colourful characters that kind of gather in that area off the strip a little bit. Now, Daily Cherry Evans was quite taken aback when he saw a there's this diner where if you don't finish your food you get whipped by the waitress. <laughs> so there Hang was on, a guy sorry. there. Did, getting you, did whipped. you say
3: whipped by the waitress?
10: Whipped. i am, it's exactly how you imagine it. If you Wh- want with, to see my with, story with a awesome. whip. We, well, it was kind of like a paddle, I guess. I don't know.
3: Oh, I'm hey, where are we going? <laughs> so well, hang on, j- hang on. And this is what—just on the main street of Vegas, or is it some sort of dodgy with a sign and a doorway and a red light?
10: No, this, no, this is. This is in a normal restaurant. This is like a normal diner, and it's in Old Town, Las Vegas. Now, I like to finish my food, so I haven't actually been whipped. But um, he, he was quite taken aback when he sort of saw that, and he went oh he's a sicko <laughs> it was quite funny it was in my story last night it's on uh my twitter if you want to see the vision but it's exactly how you're imagining it <laughs> oh,
3: i i know i don't think it is jaleesa just quietly jaleesa wraps they're obviously yeah. on tour with leslie chow in uh las vegas <laughs> so we will, we will see your stories and hear them on sen of course and we'll see them on seven News, jaleesa thanks for Painting a picture for us of Vegas. What happens in Vegas is not staying in Vegas. Julissa Haps on the on the streets of Vegas. So uh, I've just had and and Rat. Thank you for this, Matt. Matt Rogers listening. Um, very good morning to you, Matty. Sports Day coming up today. Um, he's just said geography of Vegas. It's two thousand feet, so it's less than Canberra. So, so what's Manly talking about with altitude? Really? What? See, uh, it's a. I mean it's a desert. I know deserts can be in mountains but I just didn't picture it as an altitude being a thing. Manly they're a different breed, though, aren't they? 13 13 55, 0467 736736. 736. Get back to your suburban, suburban grounds. Uh, what's the best going around? I'll take you to one of the better ones in New Zealand. After 10 o'clock today, there's the test match starting on Thursday. Uh, the neighborhood feud. After eight years, it is on again. The Kiwis and the Aussies are two test series starting at Wellington, the Basin Reserve. It's an absolute picture of a ground, it's unique. Uh, Adam Collins, our man on the ground there, he's going to take us through how unique. Well, well, you would actually think, yes, there would be sheep very by looking at it, but it's pretty much in the centre of Wellington too. thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Our top five today: suburban grounds, pre-season in the NRL, even in the AFL, they've been going to different grounds that they don't use on a week-to-week basis. Where would you like to see a match taken? Just a one-off. Uh, We see it during gather round, don't we, with the AFL when the Lions, they played up in the hills of Adelaide in wine country. That was pretty cool. Uh, What about a test match at Allen Border Field? Where else? Could you take... See, I, I love a ground with a hill, right? A hill, it doesn't get much better than that. Where's there a hill in Brisbane? Ballymore. Could you take a game of any rectangular game to Ballymore? Can you imagine the Dolphins playing at Ballymore? Maybe... The Broncos, just as a one-off, that'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three tickets, uh, six tickets to give away. I've got to give you a clue to the quiz too. It's all coming up in an action-packed uh, show this morning before midday today. This is mornings with Ben Davis, right across the
2: SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime, 0467 736 736 or call 1313 55.
0: Roads, take me home to the place I belong, West
5: Virginia,
0: Mama.
3: John Denver, Country Roads. Do you reckon if John Denver was still with us today, he'd have a residency in Vegas? Do you reckon that'd be something that you could set up? I mean, you too. We know of the sphere. I mean, the, the sphere, the sphere. Surely the NRL's got to. Surely they've got to have some sort of advertising on the sphere, right? Like well, that would be, that would be the the go, wouldn't it? Bono and the Edge inside, NRL on the outside. That's that's a. Yeah. Uh, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Yeah, texts are coming in, which is outstanding. I'll get to them straight after the news. We've only got about 60 seconds until Vanessa is here. I've got to give you a clue for the quiz. Well, not a clue. You know how it works by now. I'll give you answers. In an hour's time, you'll need some of these answers. Ah, uh, yes. And it is Australian sport in America. That's the theme today. Uh, one of the answers you will need is Washington freedom. Washington freedom. Write it down for those playing at home. Uh, the Reese Walsh of the 80s, Gary Belcher on the other side of this. He was part of the original Pioneer Frontier, whatever you want to call it, taking Rugby League to the States.
2: Welcome to Mornings with Ben Davis, right across the SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime 0467 736 736 or call 1313 13 55.
3: Ah, Yes, thank you, the boss. Born in the USA, maybe not so much, but heading to the USA. It is the flavour of the week, the NRL in Vegas. Yes, it is happening in 2024, but it also happened in 1987. Well, not so much Vegas, but California. Rugby league's finest, headed to Long Beach and played a state of origin match there. We'll get to one of those original pioneers in just a moment. Uh, Dinner or drinks on us at the Waterloo Bay Hotel, uh, and maybe lunch, whatever you wish to spend it on. You just need to be the winner of the last man standing quiz. Doing that after 11. I've already given you one clue. Uh, You'll need this one as well. When I say clue, you know what I mean. Answers, exactly. New York Jets. Write that one down, New York Jets. You'll need that to get to the final destination after 11 o'clock today. Uh, Texts coming through. uh, Queenstown Crows home ground of Tasmania is the best. Uh, No name on that text, but thank you for making the switch, SENQ, your new home of sport here in Queensland. Our top five today, suburban grounds. It comes off the back of the NRL preseason challenge. We we saw it taken to regional centres, but also suburban grounds. Uh, The Raiders and the the Cowboys, they played at Seaforth Oval, which is the original home of the Raiders. Outstanding stuff. Where would you like to see a big game taken? And not just NRL, it could be AFL, it could be cricket. It it could be a big game that's normally played in big stadium. Why don't we take it to a suburban ground? Which one's your favourite? Cougar Eye Oval, getting a lot of love for that as well. Uh, a man who's played at Cougar Eye Oval, a man who played at Seaforth as well, and a man who's played in the US of A. He's the perfect bloke to talk to. I speak none other than Queensland number one. That's right. He was the Reese Walsh of the 80s. Gary Belcher, Badger, very good morning to you. Welcome back to SEN. How are you, mate? Great talking to you, Benny. Yeah,
11: I'd, uh, geez, I'd love to have Reese's speed. <laughs> I that think would have it, been, uh, that would have been nice, unbelievable. He'd like to have top, your kicking game you know, badge. I, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't, uh, I can't believe people are tossing up over You are kidding. <laughs> as, what about Davies
3: Park? I had Davies Park. Davies is it? Park, exactly. Look,
11: mm-hmm. It wasn't the, great, wasn't the greatest ground to, to, to go to, but when you played there, gee, you had a magical feeling. Because I grew up as a South Junior, and I just I went along and watched the Fijians and Greg Beavers and Johnny Grant and all
12: those blokes. And
11: I just wanted to play at at Davies Park and loved it, but um, yeah, it probably wasn't the greatest place to visit if you're a if you're an outsider. And Seaford Oval, mate, great, good to mention the old Seaford Oval at yeah. Queen What a beauty that was.
3: What well, What about Leichhardt or Belmore, which we see them as novelties these days? Badge. I mean, what were they like to 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 play on?
11: Leichhardt was was good. Belmore, like they were really they they had great home ground advantages for the you know, for their respective teams for mm. Belmain and for the for the Bulldogs and my first, one of my first games, uh, I, well, the first premiership game I ever played was actually at Brookie when I went down to the Raiders, and um, that, was a, that was a little bit of magic about it, too. I love those, those smaller, you know, those well suburban grounds, as you, as you call them. Fantastic. Um, I got spat on running out at Redfern Oval, so that's an
5: experience <laughs> I'll
11: carry with me forever. That was pretty rough <laughs> and ready, but they were bloody passionate, those Ravido's fans, more so than a few other uh, fans of other
5: clubs.
3: I love anywhere that's got a hill. If you've got a hill and you're watching sport, fantastic. If you can take an esky yeah. and a thermos, I mean, that that takes us back. And and that's why I'm asking today. The top five suburban grounds, we saw it over the weekend and the week before with the, uh, the pre-season challenge. And, and one of the great I, – I, I keep thinking it's a suburban ground, but it's not. They're about to play a test match there in New Zealand, the Basin Reserve in, in Wellington for cricket. You yeah. Look, you look at it with the white picket fence and the cars just driving by one of the main streets of Wellington. So we'll, we'll do that. Oh, the memories hey badge speaking of memories 1987 do you remember much about long beach california it was just a it was an end of season trip in the middle of the year wasn't
11: it, it well yeah it was it was much like that benny it was um you know i did i read with with amusement i think it was crusher clear was saying it was a it was a fair and game and it should count as a record well you'd say that if you won but seriously it was it was not anything but serious it was it was thrown together at the end of the series we Queensland had finally clawed back after a couple of series losses against the, the Blues. They were in, in, a, in a great um, period there in '85 and '86, and we finally managed to claw back to a, to win the series two one. And then all that they they were thrown together over, I reckon, a week or two that we were going to play an Origin game in um, in LA, and it was uh, you know it was a, absolutely it was a promotional game, an exhibition game. We we were. We were anything but serious in the lead-up to it. Um, a couple of things for the record. i I, I tell you, they said 12,000 people. It was probably 1,200. <laughs> oh, you know, wow, was okay. I was like, really? There was, there was, I, I had a mate that was living in L.A., and it was only on the day of the game he, he somehow heard about it. They promoted it because I remember talking to one of the officials, and they said, oh, yeah, they've been promoting it on a radio station in L.A. Well, it was 120 stations at the time. There's probably 1,000 now. And they had it on one station, and and it was thrown together over you know two or three weeks, and it, there just there just wasn't any great um, buzz around um, the game, you know. But it, but but for us it was it was a novelty. The Blues did take it more seriously than us because they were still hurting after losing a series. Um, and as I think it was Fatty it was just saying, you know, we um, we were sort of on the drink every night, um, getting ready for the game, even the night before we, we weren't drinking heavily but we were having a few beers at the bar in our hotel the night before I remember that clearly because that's when, when Alf did his first bodybuilding routine and um, at, to the amusement of everyone and then we turned up for the game and it wasn't probably it was half time I remember, I remember we were getting beaten pretty well and Wally and Wayne, Wayne Bennett the coach they were kind of into us going what are you doing I thought gee
12: this is serious so we
11: we tried our best in the
3: second half of the field was right out of steam, and the Blues won. 30-18 to 18 was the scoreline, but I, I don't think we're interested yeah. in the scoreline for the 1987 we're... exhibition match, but we are interested in Alan Langer and the bodybuilding competition badge.
11: Well, well so, what, so what happened, we we're, were at the bar, and it wasn't busy in the hotel we were staying at, and we're down in the bar, and, and next thing they know, and, you know, the announcer came, oh, we're going to have the bodybuilding competition, and they started getting these guys up that had they were oiled up. They'd obviously been out the back doing a thousand push ups and making themselves as big and puffy as they could. And they'd come out and they'd, you know, it and they'd just have the little, little speedos on or whatever and their and their partners and friends were there. It was probably thirty people there, Yahooing and clapping and whatever. It was and we we're going, What's this? You'd never see this in Australia. What a wank. And so they're doing their bodybuilding comp and and they go, Oh, we've got one more contestant and uh from Australia, Alfie Langer. So Fatty's thrown his name in. Because they were going around and on gun. Who's going to be? it? Fatty's thrown his name in. <laughs> the just looked at us with this look of dread like no way. And then he went, okay. So he just jumped up. Took the shirt off. And he's just got his jeans on and he's... He's more—he's putting the shirt between the legs, like more like a stripper than a bodybuilder. And <laughs> the <laughs> we were all laughing, and every, the, the, all the bodybuilders—they're they're, they're frowning, like this guy's taking the piss out of us. Anyway, he got—I think he got third or second prize, fifty bucks. He put it straight on the bar for us. So we had a few more drinks. And, well, uh, Elf thought, yeah, I think he did that regularly after that. He'd turn up, he'd have a leotard on and a <laughs> g-string or whatever else he'd wear. You've probably seen him at times, Benny. Um, over the years at
3: different events. That's where That's where it started. And I wonder if there's going to be a repeat yeah. in Vegas at all. For 40, almost 40 years on, um, he can he can go and uh, try and win another play. I'm just looking through that team, Badge. Well, Yourself, Dale Shearer, Jacko, Gino, Tony Curry, Wally, Alf, Greg Dowling, Greg Canescu, Brian Niebling, Gilly, Fatty, Bob Lindner. I'm, I'm thinking maybe Alfie probably had the best rig out of those bikes.
11: <laughs> he, time. he was. He was. Um. I think he might have been. We 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 hired a Cadillac. We carried Wilders, yeah. Um. As well, and he was in the side, wasn't he?
3: Was carried there? Uh, not not on this official team yeah. list, but you only might had two been. reserves, no, so maybe he, he was on the been. bench. Oh,
11: yeah. might have been Turtle. Anyway, Turtle. Yep. Alf. We hired a Cadillac, and Alf was basically looking. In look, <laughs> he's trying to drive. He had to be twenty-one. I think he must have just turned twenty-one. He looked about. 16, but he's he's looking through the steering wheel to drive it, and we're driving around town on the wrong side of the road. And <laughs> yeah, he he um he probably he probably did that. Yeah, we probably all, all weren't that um that super fit at the time. But it's, look it's a good side on paper. But I think right there was a few players that 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 went over injured because it was a like it was just a it was a, as you said an of season trip in the middle of the season. <laughs> um and and we went and we actually did go we played it. So it was Long Beach, California field that's a really tricky thing to do and, and that's going to be uh, interesting I don't know how it's going to affect the scores but I'd suspect they wouldn't be super high scoring games because the field is narrower and shorter um, and yeah but but it was, it was after the game well, it's, it's, as I said a mate of mine from South in Brizzy, he turned he ran me on the day of the game we got some tickets and he said it oh, will be great we we'll live at Huntington Beach we'll go, we'll go out and we'll have some good nights out and you hit all i think we we're there till sunday or something after a thursday game or monday and, and go surfing whatever and tosser and wayne decided that night that we we're going to go to vegas so we did we went to las vegas and stayed there for a few nights so um yeah it was my first um chance to go to vegas and uh but now i think it's going to be a little bit more professional when yeah, um, when it all happens.
3: And, and bad. Just what I also want to pick your brains on, on the professional side of things, and 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 loving hearing these stories from from '87. Yeah, it will be it will be different because the NRL are trying to make a, a big push into the American market. They're trying to grab a slice of that. Peter Volandi said, even if we grab one percent of the American market, that there's three million people. If you can get three million mm-hmm. people to to sign up and stream us on our on our app from overseas, he said, that "There's, you know, there's an injection of 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 millions into the rugby league coffers. We know that they've just had a record year as far as revenue. We know that there's almost sixty million profit in the bank. Where would you invest that money? Where would you spend that money, Badge? Where 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 does rugby league need to put the money?
11: Well, well there's a difference between investing and spending, isn't there? And now finally. I'm reading about or well, the last 12 months or longer that they actually are investing it properly, like they should have done years ago in in uh, in commercial real estate or you know in areas that they're going to get a good return on. Like they bought the the um, uh, what's it called up in Caxton Street.
3: Yeah, Gambaro's um, Hotel. They own one. The they own the, yeah they own, they own uh, one of the mercures on it. the Sunshine Coast and another hotel in and, Sydney and, as well. Yeah.
11: And I believe the NRL headquarters and so so that you know that's investing now spending the money. Um, of course, there's there's issues, I believe, with Country Rugby League. We keep hearing about and They're the areas they've got to keep investing in or, or, or spending money in and, and putting money into juniors. And I just think maybe if they can keep offsetting, you know, junior players' um, fees and make it affordable for, for young families, that's all going to help. I'm, I have been really impressed and somewhat surprised with the growth in the women's game i think it's fantastic and uh, there was a lot of people five years or so ago that were very skeptical about um, why you know women women's game was you know being um, promoted so much and what, how important it was but i am dead set a believer i love the way they play the game and i think it's so important to the future of the game so in all of those areas they need to keep spending money and you probably you could see that as an investment but I think as long as they keep, um, you know, also throwing, and I don't know how much they're going to make out of the American, uh, you know, they're going to lose money straight up because it costs a lot of money. It'd be a yeah. bit of a junket for a lot of people at headquarters and then they've got to spend a fortune on getting these teams over and staying and everything else, whether they're going to get a return straight away or not. Um, but I imagine over that five years, they will. And, and it'll be well and truly worthwhile. bit of a pipe dream for us to think that they'll have great junior competitions or whatever going over there. I just can't see it. It's, it's not their game. And they still call it rugby. They don't know the difference. Yeah. Um but I think as far as making money out of it, um, potentially on the gambling side of it. I think that's yeah. one of the one area that, that that they're looking at. But also, you know, the streaming as you said and people getting interested in it.
3: Badge we yeah, just
11: I just think we yeah. gotta cool our heels a bit Benny and remember that it it is there have been a lot of people that have tried to get their make their game big in America, and I can't think of any um, that have, have, have you know done too much, perhaps soccer, and it took them a long, long time.
3: Badge, we could talk all day, and I said you were the perfect man to talk to about this. You've been and played in America. We've heard about the promotional, little promotion that was done there. Uh, the other reason I wanted to tap you on the shoulder too, you've played in the UK. You had a stint at Castleford, and, and one of the things we're hearing is the NRL are exploring buying the UK Super League. I, I just think get our own priorities right in our backyard first, And then, then. yeah. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Benny. But I think it's so
11: important to us that they make sure that the UK Super League survives and thrives. It's just, it just has to. If at least we've got one other strong competition, but you know, we've got all these other uh, national teams that are going well in New Zealand and and, uh, Samoa and Tonga and Papua New Guinea, but their competitions aren't very strong. Uh, I think it's super important, and that the NRL makes sure um, that the UK Super League is, is strong and continues to be strong and perhaps they know more about the game of an international level than we do. It might not be financially as robust as we'd like to think it is. And sure, there's some rich clubs like Wigan and others but there's probably plenty of others that are struggling year to year. So maybe they need to just um, you know get involved in, at some level and whether it's buying them out totally or investing in them just to make sure that it keeps going and, and I you know, I think that's that's really important for the future because I can't imagine a future. I don't, can't imagine how, how rugby league's ever going to be strong internationally if that competition fell over. It would, be, it would be a major concern.
3: Badge, always a pleasure to pick your brains, mate. Appreciate you coming on today. Uh, all the best and we'll be watching with interest on Sunday as well. Gary Belcher, as I said, the Reese Walsh of the 80s. He was part of the originals heading to the US to promote rugby league over there. 1987 it was, state of origin. But what about that with Super League? maybe maybe he's got a fair point do, do we need super league to be thriving and pumping to keep the international game going which then has the flow on effects of test stars origin rep footy and, and getting kids in the next wave engaged 1313550467736736 13, he makes a good point i'm still not convinced that that's where they should be investing their money but maybe you are let me know 20 past 10 This
2: is Mornings with Ben Davis right across the SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime 0467 736 736 or call 1313 55.
3: There we go, Akadaka and Sin City. Well, that's a very good mix-up there of the Aussie invasion into Vegas. I've just reposted Jaleesa Apps's story last night from 7 News, so you can actually get to see what Daily Cherry Evans was watching and a patron, a customer at a Vegas restaurant getting whipped, getting spanked because he didn't finish his dinner. Oh, my God. What was that? Uh, Karen's Diner? Was that? That's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, here in and they yell at you for. Actually, they just yell at you. They're just being Karens, right? Well, yeah, this is taking it just a little bit further, by the looks of it. Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Ben Davis with you until midday today, and how good as of yesterday for footy season. Three days a week in 2024. Nine o'clock, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And at nine o'clock on a Monday, the hour of power with Corey Parker. The Monday means test. Actually, Corey will be joining me tomorrow too from nine. He's going to run his rule over exactly what the teams need to do to win in Vegas. We're having a bit of fun. We're talking about stories that may or may not happen. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, it is the first round of the NRL, and there are two competition points on the line. We're hearing Manley are worried about the altitude in Vegas. Really? Uh, and what about the dimensions of the fields? Punch through, go around. Corey Oates mentioned when they landed that one thing that they, or he, is worried about as a catcher, a winger, is looking up at the what would normally be a sky and you've got a roof over your head and picking the ball, a ball that will have stars and stripes on it. They are using special steeden's marked full of paint. It's, it's going to be different when it spins through the air. I, I know this sounds really random and weird, but these are the things that will be distractions that will be different that will take some getting used to Corey parker to run his rule over that 27 minutes past 10 this tuesday morning let's go to the text line some absolute rippers coming through pat thank you for yours ben the nrl should be investing into a better second tier competition we really need to invest in our junior systems because that's the future of the nrl that's right it's the nursery queensland and new south wales rugby leagues What are Queensland and New South Wales Rugby League doing right now? Well, they are suing the ARLC. There's court action underway just to get the money owed to them under the governance, under the constitution of the commission to run their competitions. It's pretty simple stuff, isn't it? Pat, thank you. Uh, This text coming through from a new listener, which is fantastic. Uh, If you do send a text, stick your name on it so we can actually attribute it to you, which is fantastic. But what about this one? Just a suggestion. But I think it's time we drop the word rugby from the game of league. True, its roots are in rugby. Yeah, 15 men going down to 13. However, it's overly confusing, especially if you take the games to other countries. Well, don't worry about other countries. What about other states? The moment you cross the Murray and you go into Victoria, South Australia, WA, they refer to it as rugby. Oh, you're down here for the state of origin, the rugby, yeah? Uh, I'm here for the state of origin, but I'm not here for the rugby. It's a completely different game. That's just in Victoria. Don't worry about other countries. Uh, This text goes on to say, "The, the word league, however, on its own, that is what we need to support. That's what we need to push. Maybe instead of NRL, what about ANL, Australian National League, phased in slowly over a couple of years to develop its own signature. We have Australian rules, so why not Australian League? Interesting take. Interesting take indeed. Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh 467 i will uh, take you across the ditch very shortly. The land of the long white cloud. It is the Windy City in Wellington. That's where a test match against Australia and New Zealand, a neighborhood feud. Eight years it's been since that sparked up. It's happening Thursday. You can hear every ball here on SCNQ. That's right. Nine o'clock Thursday, Adam Collins, Jerry Waitley. And the crew will be calling all the action. Adam Collins, who's been at Australian Training, will catch up with him in the next 10 minutes. But right now, it's time to cue Bon Jovi. Too Vanessa, thank you. Our American quiz, sorry, Australians in America quiz coming up at eleven o'clock. Another answer that you will need. Doo, 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 doo. Let me look through here. Uh, uh, Luke Longley. Actually, that was probably one of the easy ones. What did I give you that? Oh, there you go. You've got it. You've got it anyway. There we go. Luke Longley is an answer you will need. You know how it works. Last man standing. You'll get dinner or drinks on us. Maybe lunch. Whatever you choose at the Waterloo Bay Hotel uh you just have to be the or answer the 10th question and, and and you know there is strategy to this yeah i tell you every week people hang back and they wait and they go well i'm going to come in at question eight and try my chance at well you know what if you're one of the first callers through you do get a second chance so if you dip out ring back in bang and you are away speaking of ringing in kurt good morning to you mate what do you do for a crust and who do you barrack for good morning Oh, mate, I work for the government, help out uh, people
5: in
12: need, um, and I barrack for the Broncos.
3: Good man, good (laughs) man. All right. But you've been to Vegas.
12: Mate, I did. I was back in 2018, and um, I was listening to a lady talk about that particular restaurant where you get spanked with a paddle. Uh, That place is actually called the Heart Attack Grill.
3: Oh, really? So you've been there? You've eaten there?
12: Yeah, I've eaten there. Yeah. Yeah. And they basically when you go in, you, you, they put, uh, you put on a, a hospital gown and uh, you can get weighed outside and basically they, they promote um, very unhealthy eating and copious amounts of it. And if you don't finish your meal, uh, they, you basically have to stand with your, your legs apart and your hands against the, uh, the glass so all the people can look in and um, yes, a lady comes around and does her thing on uh, your backside.
3: Okay. Okay. And and this is like in a main strip. It's not like some seedy underworld sort of back you know, back no, lane thing. This is a this is a thing that people sign up for uh, and, and go to it, it,
12: No, it's just, this is like a restaurant. You yeah. walk in uh in all Vegas in Old Vegas in the old part. Um but it's like your any other sort of restaurant. But uh yeah, basically you're um you're told you you need to eat everything that's on your plate and if you don't you get punished for it. So Do you remember and, what was uh, on your plate? What that, did you order, Kurt? Mate, I, I ordered uh, just a double cheeseburger with chips, and uh, just got through that. And people were ordering quadruple beef burgers and that, and they were they were struggling. So it was quite funny to watch. But um, they've got signs all in class all around the uh, the uh, the shopping or uh, the uh, restaurant saying, uh, you know, instead of uh, gone with the wind, like a, a movie title, it was gone with your waistline, and things like that. So <laughs> it was a real real jive at uh, people's weight.
3: Uh, <laughs> Sounds it's like sounds like I'd fit. Sounds like i fit right. Sounds like i fit right in, Kurt. Good stuff. The heart attack grill in Vegas. If you've been there. Hey, Kurt. Thanks for being part of the show, mate. Outstanding. I did a pass to you to head to the track national championships uh, in March. It's the Anamirs An- An- Velodrome. Outstanding stuff. You'll see some of the world's best cyclists there. Uh, all right. Uh, look at the time. Adam Collins standing by in the Wellington. We'll take you to where Australia's training next. This is Mornings with Ben Davis, right across the SEN network in Queensland
2: and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime, 0467 736 736
0: or call 13, 13 55. Da, 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 boom, boom, da.
3: A big international flavour today in the show from Vegas to across the ditch in New Zealand as well and to Cougar Eye Oval, which is getting a lot of love in our best suburban grounds. The top five today, suburban grounds, grounds which you love to watch sport at that imagine bringing a big game of whatever sport it may be, cricket, NRL, rugby union, AFL. Where would you like to see exposed and have one of those... Well, suburban, feel-good, just old-school type games. We see Leichhardt Oval get wheeled out every year. We see Belmore as well in the NRL. But Cougar Eye is topping the list at the moment. This one, the Best Suburban Ground, the Chook Pen at Cougar Eye Oval on a Sunday afternoon. That is real rugby league. Yeah, the texts keep coming in through if you stick your name Rug on Rugby league. It. Yeah, correct. You put your, thank you, Peter, put your name on it as well. Just so we can give you a shout out. Outstanding. And g'day to all the new listeners too. Uh, this one from Tony and Bundaberg. Tony, great to have you part of the show. Uh, Adam, I'll get to you in just a moment. Adam Collins, that is, standing by in New Zealand. Uh, morning, Ben. Salisbury Oval. In Adelaide, Salisbury Oval in Adelaide. It's for AFL or cricket. Perfect amphitheatre. A mound goes halfway around the oval. I like this. A perfect place to park the car and watch. I oh, know you're talking. And it was the ground where Buff Lehman and Stewie Jew learnt their traits. Tony, wealth of knowledge. Salisbury Oval, Adelaide. I'm putting it on the list. Will it make the top five? We'll find out before midday today. Uh, we know that on Thursday, Australia and New Zealand are going to get it on in cricket. It's been a while since we've had a test match in that part of the world between the two countries. Eight years, in fact. But speaking of fantastic grounds, the Basin Reserve in Wellington is an absolute ripper and it's where we find Adam Collins, part of SEN's commentary team. Colo. good morning.
13: It is in the perfect day. I'm looking out from our commentary position, which the beautiful old Vance stand, it's got these unusual roofs where there's multiple different, uh, I suppose, peaks to it. And we look out through one of them from our box for SEN Test Cricket this week. I'm watching the Australian team field in front of me and going through their paces, their main long training session. And you're right, it feels just like urban ground or a county ground in some respects. There's a museum here, there's a secondhand bookshop, which I can't wait to tear into later. There's a war memorial on the, uh, on the eastern side of the ground there a nice little gazebo. Uh, and, um, yeah, this is a, a very special place, and there's a reason why people often identify it as one of the, the best test venues, proper test cricket grounds in the world.
3: I love the fact that when you get a wide shot of the ground or even from a particular angle, depending on what end the bowl is at, the, the picket fence and the cars just driving past on the... I mean, you're not far from the city centre there either, are you? It's it's amazing.
13: That's right. Well, there's a thing called the basin run. A friend of mine, Glenn, was telling me about this, where you, you stop at the – I can see where you would do it. It is a roundabout. It's not a roundabout. Huge roundabout. Yeah. Um, you stop at the lights. You jump out of the car. You sprint around the ground while the car goes round and roundabout. You jump in the car at the next traffic light. So um, that is the thing that people do uh, here, the basin run. So that runs straight through the middle of the ground. I must, I must say that when I was here in 2016, the last time Australia played test cricket in New Zealand at Christchurch, Um, The day Brendan McCullum made his ridiculous 54-ball 100 or whatever it was. There was a streaker who who did take (laughs) on the security staff, but he made it from one end of the ground to the other. Uh, He beat the cops, jumped back over the fence. And I remember Jeremy Coney, who's part of our commentary team this week, I was working with him that week as well, commentating the whole thing and doing a splendid job. So, um, yeah, cricket has a... A slightly more laid-back feel in this <laughs> part of the world. It's the most gentle and beautiful tour you can go
3: on. Outstanding stuff. SEN's coverage, 9 a.m. Thursday here on SENQ. Uh, Colo, who I'm speaking to, Jared uh, is going to be part of it. Obviously, Smithy, Daniel McCarty as well, 6.93 a.m. Or listen on the app. It's always crystal clear there. Um, uh, Eight years, Collo. I mean, that, that's a thing. Remind me, uh, conditions in New Zealand, it's kind of English-like, isn't It suits swing bowling.
13: Yep, 18 degrees today, <laughs> um, and they're expecting it to be, broadly speaking, like this for the first three days. So it's gentle, mild, beautiful, mm. um, perfect conditions for cricket. Windy city, so that'll be a factor. Oh, that's right. What yeah. um, tends to be a factor in cricket here in terms of which end you bowl out and that kind of thing. Um, the pitch is green at the moment, but it always is over here. It's quite deceptive. You'll hear a lot of talk on social media about, people, oh, here it is. Can't work out which pitch it is in the square. It all looks green. <laughs> um, ign- ignore a lot of that. You can You can put a lot of that to one side. Um, the the perception of Test cricket over here is that it's played on this raging green seamers and wickets tumble. Um, it doesn't really play out that way in practice. It is deceptive. The, the the grass on the pitch whilst live, it tends to, after the first hour or so, settle down into quite a nice wicket to bat on at the base and same at Christchurch where we are next week. So um, it'll look green, no doubt. It looks very green at the pitch I'm looking at at the moment, but it'll play more like a, uh, well mentioned england before more like a mm. county pitch where it can appear quite green but can play quite low but it also um there is going to be something there in the first hour for the bowler so there's always the incentive to look at bowler first here if conditions suit and it should
3: collar let's drill down on the queenslanders uh, and you mentioned county cricket a bloke who took county cricket by storm last season last summer in the uk michael nisa and he's on this tour mm. he's on this trip is he a is he a fair income option? Do you think he might play, if not first test, well, second? There's only two tests. I'll but... oh.
13: <laughs> well, be still, my beating heart. That's all I can really say. If Michael Nisa was kicked, I might run out there, you know, um, <laughs> in celebration. Yes. Um, I, I, I've never, I'll I, be right you know, behind I, I, you. <laughs> I've, been watching, I've been watching Michael Neeser bowl in the nets and knock over Australian batters for fun for the last five years since he started making test squads in 2018. Uh, and he's only gotten two opportunities. Both came in Adelaide in day night test matches. Mm. The challenge for him, like there is for a whole generation of Australian fast bowlers and seamers, is that they've been in the pecking order behind Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, three all timers for Australia. So there, it's not just Nisa, there's a whole group of them who've not played anywhere near as much international cricket than otherwise would have been the case, especially test cricket, because the big three have always prioritised wearing the baggy green, which is a great thing. It's a great thing that I'm watching Mitchell Stark bowl the ball. Uh, right now, actually, on the uh, on the pitch alongside the main surface here. And, um, you know, he's always declined um, the riches of the IPL until this season, uh, well, since 2015, so nine years out of the IPL in mm. order to prioritise playing as cricket for Australia. So credit to them for that. But it has made life tougher for Nisa, who finds himself on the next row, if you like, along with Scott Boland, who's the other seamer on this trip. So I don't expect either of them will play. Um, I think they'll both be, once again, wearing the, the high-vis vest and mixing the cordial. But... In the event there was an injury uh, or anything remotely like that, Um, pretty good option uh, to turn to someone like Nisa, who looks born to bowling conditions like this. And the reference to England, spot on. The way he's got that that Duke's ball to hoop uh, and to work off the scene when playing for the Morgan, well, it speaks for itself, really. He's been phenomenal in those conditions. It's a shame he's never played a test match in England. He's been on two tours and... And um, looked like he would have been a, a good shot on either of them. But, uh, again, it comes back to that pecking order where he sits at the moment, where he's can continue to sit across his five or six years as an Australian cricketer.
3: Yeah, horses for courses. You put him in every day of the week and twice on Sunday in New Zealand or in England as well. Uh, Mix is yeah. a bloody good cordial, I've got to say. Um, the other one, and this is the big thing too, Colin, this is our last test series until we hit the next Australian summer. There's there's nothing for Red ball cricket, as far as the Aussies are concerned, no England winters or, or other tours. So after these two tests, it's straight into India here in Australia. So important hit-outs, I think, for Marnus, Queenslander, and Steve Smith, he's, he's best mate at the top of the order. Let, let's drill down on, on Marnus. A, a, a quiet summer, a, a summer below par, as far as his high lofty standards are concerned.
13: Yeah, look, he, he he's returns over the last two and a bit years have dropped off, uh, notably. Um, He's probably just reverted to the mean where most batters end up compared to uh, where he was before, which he went on an extraordinary run for about three years there when he was making so many test entries and went to number one in the Mm -hmm. ICC batter rankings. I think from memory, it was before the Melbourne Test in 2021 against England, and um, now he's sort of more in the... He's still in the top ten. I think he's number eight or something like that. But, yeah, his returns have dropped off. There was a brilliant 100 at Old Trafford last year, which... Um, you know, whisper it, save the ashes for Australia. Had Australia been rolled on that Saturday afternoon um, when England got one crack at them, one session, in and around the rain, um, they they would have lost that Test match. And it would have meant that England's... I mean, it's easy to say this in hindsight, but they yeah. they could easily have won the Series 3-2. So he did play his role over there in England. But as you play oh, out... Hang, those hang on then, test
3: and Rob, us of a moral victory? Come on. Uh
13: well yeah yeah I, I i do feel some guilt i do, i must admit i do feel some guilt for helping bring moral victory into the vernacular it was always going to be taken to with gusto by, by people on the other side of the world in australia and my word has it been um all the troll accounts and all the different clickbait accounts that exist out there who seem to use it in every other post uh but no the the the, the, the point you make about india is spot on right so they, they are trying to bed down a, a new top six at the moment and it's um, it's going to be conditions which are sporting, at least initially, like I mentioned before, it's throughout the test, but against high-quality seam In Tim Southey and Neil Wagner, two veterans. Yeah. Willow Rourke, who had a brilliant debut against South Africa a couple of weeks ago, taking 9-for-93 nine match figures. So um, when it comes to Stephen Smith opening, Marnus, who hasn't had a huge summer, um, Cameron Green, has been back in the side batting at number four. That's the long-term position they want him in. Uh, that, there, there are, I wouldn't say there are a question mark, that, that'd be overplaying it, but it's more like um, there is curiosity as to how the reconfigured batting line-up bet in ahead of a high-profile home summer, but of course, you know, one step at a the time, there's a long way to go between now and then, cricket can move pretty fast, we spoke to Usman Khawaja this morning and he made that point as well, he tries not to get too far ahead of himself, every player in this Aussie side is um, 30 or above, apart from Lava Shane, is nearly 30, so they're. They're not sort of thinking in, in long-term cycles at the moment. the side. They're thinking more about year-to-year year or, or indeed series-to-series, series, which is perfectly healthy. Um, a, a number of these players will go to England and play county cricket, so they'll still be playing Red ball cricket throughout the course of the winter. Those won't be playing test matches. So a contrast to last year where they went from the home summer to a long tour of India, the World Test Championship final, to five Ashes test matches and back into a home summer. and They were completely knackered by the end of that. Um, this time around, they can give it their all, over the next fortnight, knowing they won't have to fetch the baggy green for about seven months, seven or eight months.
3: Yeah, they will be fresh when they come to our summer. Uh, Mate, we cannot wait for your fresh, sprightly call come Thursday morning. The neighbourhood feud ignites again. It's been a long time between drinks across the Tasman. Uh, Eight years uh, since we last played a Test match. Uh, in that part of the world. Um, Colo, thank you. Enjoy the rest of uh, the, the Basin run. I, I, I Actually, I want to hear you on the commentary come Thursday saying that you've completed the Basin run.
13: Oh, that, that's the sort of thing we've got our uh, head of cricket, Mitch Scott, out here with us this week, and he's quite creative when it comes to depositing us the scoreboards, the commentate, you know, all these yep. types of things <laughs> that make the coverage have extra texture. Um, let's not tell him that I've told you that he'll have me running around the roundabout um, with a microphone in my hand so um, let's see how we go but yeah, can't wait they're beautiful grounds to call at um, and it's going to be yeah, it's been eight years waiting
3: for this so we're going to make the most of it Outstanding mate, thank you appreciate it, good luck, good hunting Cheers Just another reason to be listening to SENQ keep it locked here cannot wait for that it's 10 53 This is Mornings with Ben
2: Davis right across the SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime 0467 736 736
0: or call 1313 55. I started singing bye, bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee,
3: but the levee was... Dry. Aussies in America, that is the theme of Queensland's biggest sports quiz. Right now, the number you need, 13, 13 55. Callers coming through the first five. Get a second bite of the cherry, but you need the get-in question. Pretty simple stuff. We've already spoken about it at length. Gary Belcher was part of it. If you've been listening to the show, what year was State of Origin played in California? What year? Hmm. That's your get-in question. Aussies in America, the theme of our quiz, coming straight up. After the news, 13 1st five callers through. Get a second bite of the cherry. Dinner or drinks on us. Lunch, if you choose, at the Waterloo Bay Hotel.
2: Welcome to Mornings with Ben Davis, right across the SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime, 0467 736 736 or call 13, 13 55.
3: minutes past 11 thank you for your company this tuesday morning we're going to get stuck into the quiz in just a moment 13 13 55 the get in question it's aussies in america just to keep up with the vegas theme which year was state of origin played in california We've heard from Gary Belcher this morning, mentioned it a couple of times, Alfie and his bodybuilding, outstanding stuff it was. If you missed it, uh, you can download the podcast, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, It's where you'll get all your good podcasts from SEN. Uh, And if you missed any part of the show, jump on there. Just on, Alfie. uh, Mike, thank you for your text. He said, Ben, I think Alf might have retired from tabletop dancing at the Normby Hotel about 10 years ago. But he's had a fair old career by the sound of Gary's report this morning, yeah? Yeah spot on indeed. Alfie bodybuilding, it was uh, one not to be missed in uh, California. Uh, 13 13 55. Oh, uh, actually, no, I don't want you to text in. I need you to call in. That's right. The lines are there. We've had to do a reset, a reboot, but the callers standing by for Queensland's biggest sports quiz. Pat Welsh coming up very shortly. That's right. Patty wasn't part of the breakfast crew this morning because he's been on an important assignment at Parliament House in Canberra. What's he been talking about? Well, actually, it's something that affects families all over the country. We'll catch up with Patty before midday today. But first, let's do this.
2: Ten questions. One winner. Time for Morning's Quiz Whiz. And now, here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber. Benny Davis.
3: Uh, dinner or drinks on us. That's right. You just need to be the answer or give the answer for the 10th question in our sports quiz. Queensland's biggest sports quiz. Uh, let's head out to Bell Barry where T is on the line. Very good morning to you. G'day, Benny. How you going, mate? Mate, all the better from hearing from you. All right. Let's rip into this. What year was State of Origin played in California? 87 man. 87 indeed, (laughs) outstanding stuff. Uh, Are you up with your Aussies in America? Because that's the theme of our quiz. I hope you are, because um, we've got all sports covered. Yeah, I love my American sport. Uh, Brilliant, American sport. Brilliant stuff. Here we go. Um, Oh, this is one of the clues I did give a little earlier today. Um, Major League Cricket. Yeah, it's starting in America. Which team is Ricky Ponting going to coach? Oh, I'll give that a
12: pass.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't listening before. Uh, that's that's all right. But you, the best part of this is, because you're one of the first five callers through, you get a second bite at the Cherry. So you can ring back and, and call in. Come back uh, a little later. Let's go to Greg. Good morning to you, Gregory. G'day, mate. How you go. V- very well. Um, Ricky Ponting. He's going to coach which... Major League American Cricket Team
4: Uh,
11: I think
3: it's Washington Freedom Oh yes Well done Congratulations (laughs) Tick 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 Question number Three Uh, US Open Tennis 2011 Which Queenslander Won the US Open In 2011 2011 Uh,
13: 2011 Hmm that would either be Ash
3: Barty or Leighton Hewitt, so let me... No, n- neither neither Ash or Leighton. I'll give you a tip, though. Queenslander. Queenslander. All right, Greg, thank you. Uh, John, very good morning to you. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Very well. US Open 2011. <laughs> Which Queenslander won it? Tennis, we're talking.
6: Sam stoza Sam
3: stoza Yes, exactly right. Major winner along the way. Uh, I did not know this one, but when you look at the answer, you go, well, that's just a no brainer. Uh, Collingwood Ruckman Mason Cox. Before making the switch to Aussie rules, what sport did he play? I know he's American, mm. so tipping it NFL. Wasn't NFL. Wasn't NFL. Just think big Mason Cox. Big unit. Uh, All right, let's have a look. Where are we? Where are we going here on the uh, lines? No, 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 no. Oh, where did everyone go? Just like that. All standing by, all dropped out. Did the Mason Cox one really kill us off? Or have we got some issues? What are we doing here? Uh, We're going to reboot the phone box. Here we go. I thought we did this during the news. Uh, Greg, there we go. Second bite of the cherry. He's back. Apologies for the technology that's uh, failing us at the moment. Greg, Mason Cox... Before switching to Aussie rules, what sport did he play? Basketball. Yes, basketball indeed. Well done. Well done. Uh, where are we? Question number five. Aussies playing in the Super Bowl. We've had a few. How many have actually won a Super Bowl ring? One. Oh, Greg. No, negatory. Wasn't one. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, T, yep, there we go. Back again. T, hello. How, many Aussies, hello. how many Aussies have played in a winning Super Bowl team? Sadly, none. That's right. Now, oh, just on that, there's a little note here, a little asterisk. Yeah, Jesse Williams has got a ring, but he didn't play in the Super Bowl for the uh, Eagles. Yeah, he was... Yeah. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. No, no, no. It was, you know, who I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Jason Kelsey. I don't know why, but yeah, it was the Seahawks. (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, All right. Where are we going here? Question number seven, no, six. Who was the Australian who played in the three-peat for the Chicago Bulls in the NBA in the late 90s? Luke Longley. Yeah. Luke Longley. Indeed. There we go. Um, do do. Rugby league players in the NFL. Valentine Holmes. He spent time with which team? Who did he play for? Oh, oh. You can picture Damn. him. Yeah,
8: yeah. Val Holmes. Yeah.
3: Wouldn't be the Eagles, would it? No, not not the Eagles, not the Eagles. I think they've got a similar colour jersey, though. I think if I've got my teams right. Uh, let me see. Hey, Bogo. Good morning to you. Valentine Holmes. Who did he play for in the NFL? Hey, mate. Um, the New York Jets. New York Jets. Outstanding stuff. We've got three questions to go. Last man standing. Dinner or drinks on us. Perhaps it could be lunch if you're that way inclined. Name the last Aussie to win a major title in the U.S. as far as golf. So a golf major in the U.S. Cam Smith. No, 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 no. no. It wasn't Cam Smith. It wasn't Cam Smith. Queenslander, but not Cam Smith. Last to win a major in the U.S. Cam won a major at the British Open, but not the U.S. Uh, Let me see. We're getting a few more bites of the cherry here. John, morning to you. Hello again. Hey, Ben. Hey. Uh, Who was the last Aussie and, yeah, a Queenslander to win a major in the US?
8: Golf. All right. Well, I've got a 50 50. I've got a choice of two. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll go Adam
3: Scott. Oh, so close. I think you'd be kicking yourself because I'm sure you know the other one. Uh, Boko, you've got that second chance. He was our last second chance, man, here. Um, Let's go again. Aussie, golf, Uh, uh, U.S. major.
0: Gee, mate, uh,
3: Jason Day. Yes. (laughs) Well, I think we've almost done the rounds, haven't we? We've gone Cam Smith. We've got Adam Scott. Jay Day. It was. The the PGA. one of them, mate. Correct. The PGA in 2015. Hey, mate, you've got the penultimate question here. So question number nine. You just need to answer two more, and you are our winner for today. Steve Bradbury at the Olympics. Our first ever winter gold medal. Where was it? What city?
0: Um, that was... Oh, jeez, I don't really know, hey. Um,
3: We'll put the clock on. But then... Yeah. America. Well, sorry, mate. America, 2002. Salt Lake City. Oh, just got it in there in time. Well done. Salt Lake City, Stephen Bradbury, good stuff. Okay, this is more recent. In fact, this was last week. Question number 10. For the win, for the win, which Aussie female won the surfing at Sunset Beach last week? It was an Aussie double, but only the uh, female winner. Yeah, I was only listening to this. Uh, Molly Picklum. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Outstanding stuff, well done, mate. You've got uh, dinner or drinks on us. Maybe put both in. You can go for lunch. Waterloo Bay Hotel, uh, the new entertainment spot. Uh, off you go for being the winner of our quiz. Outstanding stuff, mate. That is brilliant. Molly has got you home. Good golly, Miss Molly. Ah, Aussies in America. We we went around the we went around the grounds here, didn't we? There, there's so many Aussies and Queenslanders uh, dominating in the world's biggest market. The U.S., outstanding stuff. Uh, Speaking of the U.S., tomorrow we'll be catching up with the crew from Sports Rap in Las Vegas. They were the ones who had Jason Saab on. They're the ones who are promoting the NRL on their show. What do they know about rugby league? Are they getting a good enough education? Are they calling it rugby league or is it still rugby? No, these guys are professionals. They know what it's about. I want to get their take on the NRL. How will it be received in the US? Is there much interest? Is there much buzz? Yes, they're in the profession, but also what are they hearing on the streets from their friends and their professional contacts as well? Uh, That's coming up tomorrow in Vegas. Right now at 15 minutes past 11. I'm going to take a quick break, then we'll head to the nation's capital. Paddy Welsh has been down there with the King Wally Lewis, Parliament House, doing some amazing work for something that does affect, well, you'd have to say almost every family in this country. Uh, Dementia, but from a sporting side, CTE. Yeah, that's what the King was talking about. But bigger picture stuff is dementia. Uh, They have been doing that down at Parliament House. We'll find out exactly what's been said, uh, what the pitch is and uh, how successful they've been straight after this. This is Mornings with Ben
2: Davis, right across the SEN Network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime 0467 736 736 or call
5: 1313 55.
3: Ah, yes, America indeed, that is in our mind. It's our theme for the week as the NRL lands in Vegas. But we've got some breaking news a bit closer from home. Uh, Sorry, a bit closer to home. Uh, It's just dropping now, so let me read through this. Neil Wagner, the New Zealand left-armer, has retired immediately from Test Cricket and will now not feature in the two tests against Australia starting on Thursday. So what's that? 48 hours out, he's announced his retirement. 37 years of age. um, He's among, what is he, the fifth of all time as far as the Kiwis, leading uh, wicket takers, 260 victims at uh, 27. An emotional press conference in Wellington uh, this morning. He said he's done, he's out, it's been an emotional week and he is stepping away from the game. This is a developing story, uh, more to come. Uh, as it comes to hand, I'll bring that to you. So Neil Wagner won't be featuring for the Kiwis against Australia. Remember when they were out here a couple of summers ago? Geez, he had some good battles, didn't he? Um, there were a lot of bruises on the Aussies with the, uh, well, it was almost sort of bodyline stuff, wasn't it? Uh, thirteen thirteen fifty-five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. I'll get to your text as well. The best suburban grounds. Where would you like to see big games taken? Just as a one-off, like like we've seen in the pre-season challenge. Uh, maybe, maybe NRL, maybe cricket, uh, rugby union. Where would you like to see them? We're getting a lot of love for Cougar Eye Oval as well, uh, which leads me into my next guest. He's very familiar with us here. Of course, he is the host of, well, co-host, I guess, part of the uh, breakfast show here, Patton and Heels. Paddy Welsh, very good morning to you. or well, good afternoon. You're in the nation's capital with a man who used to own and dominate Cougar Eye Oval, the King Wally Lewis. What's been happening at Parliament House?
7: Yeah, we were talk about an emotional press conference. It was pretty emotional here today. Danny, I've been a proud ambassador for Dementia Australia for many, many years now. As you know, I've lost my dear old dad to dementia and uh, when they came knocking as Dementia Queensland quite a while ago, I was happy to uh, help out just in some small way. Anyway, they have had a, a fairly large day here today with uh, wooing the police uh, and trying to extract a little bit of cash as we talk about CTE, which is becoming a uh, you know like the hot topic, isn't it, as far as contact sports go. I facilitated a panel with Wally um who you know is battling probable CTE um a a young lady a mum who's married to an ex footballer who has um, almost certainly CTE and, and another gentleman who was a high-flying corporate lawyer uh Robin he he was in a top 300 company mate and, had a bad bicycle accident that led to the fact that uh, more research with dr rowena mobs in sydney at the mata who does unbelievable work in this space and it was discovered he'd had a lot of concussions as a kid just playing footy and now he's got probable cte so look we had a great roll up of politicians uh they listened uh the, the panel went for about a half an hour and all three of these people including the king were out of their comfort zone well and truly i mean you can put Wally on a stage just about anywhere, and we have a bit of fun with him talking about the good old days, but this was pretty confronting stuff today, and um, you know they're they're wanting money to to a, a, attack this at, at every possible level, but particularly with kids in schools and and teaching them the the right way and to avoid head contact when they're playing contact sport
3: patty uh, I know CTE was front and centre today, but bigger picture stuff with with dementia. You mentioned how it's affected your family. I, I'm sure there's everyone listening now somewhere somehow. It's either affected their family or they know someone who who has who has been um, exposed to this this horrible disease. And it is horrible, isn't
7: it? Oh yeah, it, it, it's awful. It's just completely debilitating. They, uh,
3: you know, they they lose
7: everything. They don't, you you, you lived through it with me. I mean. You know, just on my own personal front, uh, you know, when I was reading the news five nights a week, way back when, they they the nurses would show it to Dad, and you know, probably one night out of five, he'd have some recognition that that was his son on the on the television. Um, and you know, while he was so open to that, was so it was confronting to tell you the truth, mate, to, to listen to it about how he forgets things and how he basically lives by this big diary that he has every hour of his day written down about what he's going to do. And that's how he remembers things. I mean, look, he's lucid. He's, you know, you can sit here and have a wonderful conversation with him, but he'll just lapse occasionally. And, you know, you know that it's not all right there. And same with the uh, the other two on the panel, Lynn, Lynn McGregor, whose husband, you know, played and won a premiership back, at, back in the day. He's... her life is now a virtually full-time carer. She's she's got a wonderful employer here in Canberra that keeps her in a job, but uh, boy, her life has just changed in the most dramatic of fashion. So, look, let's hope they've got a sympathetic hearing. There was a lot of MPs here, including the the federal sports minister, uh, a lot from the opposition. Uh, There is a Friends of of Dementia here at Parliament House. Uh, They were all here. They spoke earnestly. They listened. Earnestly to the to the panel that we we had, uh, so mate, look, let's hope there's there's money forthcoming, and, mm-hmm. I, and I know there are a lot of great causes out there, and it happens on a daily basis here at Parliament House where they're lobbying. Um, but yeah, look, I, I hope it, you know selfishly, I hope that something can be done. But the, the key message is trying to get it through through to the school kids and starting the education at a very early age about the dangers of head knocks and repeated head knocks.
3: Paddy, not selfish at all, mate. What you've done down there today, hopefully that does change lives. Um, we will, uh, I'm sure, we'll hear more about it uh, tomorrow when you're back uh, uh, with heels. Uh, well done today, and uh, pass on our best not only to the king but uh, to the other families affected.
7: Yeah, I'll do that. And the good thing was a lot of media here today. You know, sometimes you can put on big events like this and. You know, the media can be a little indifferent, but they weren't today. And I think, yeah, you know, there's no doubt that Wally was the, the shining light, but mm. we, we had a lot of media, both written and, and uh, electronic, here today to, to spread the story.
3: Actually, Paddy, I've, I've been asking today, the question I've been asking everyone is, if you were in charge of the NRL purse strings and they've uh, had the record revenue, they've got the profit at nearly $60 million, where would you put it? What would you spend it on? I reckon right there could be a fair chunk and not only in um uh, testing but uh, uh research uh, and even put aside some for families affected that that could be a good use uh, of a chunk of that 60 million right there for those suffering cts oh yeah
7: well Pauline McGregor broke down several times in her speech today and I mean she had it all written out she had it prepared for a long time but mm you know as she went through it mate and started to tell her about it tell us about her how her life changed with her husband uh oh boy mate it was it was heartstring stuff i can tell you
3: patty thank you for sharing mate and i would have been tough for you too um we I look forward to uh, listening to uh to you tomorrow uh, and well done down there thank you there we go pat welsh you take a deep breath don't you um so many so many families affected by dementia. Y- yes, that was from a CTE side of things. Uh, when you, uh, you know, I had the king on my wall. I had Wally Lewis on my wall as a kid growing up. To to hear that that is now life where he is sitting and he's not on his Pat Malone with, with that, is he? For those who have been through the game. Uh, but the education point, yep, kids. we We go back to the schools, don't we? We go back to where the money needs to be invested. Schools, development learning how to tackle right, being safe, getting that message through. 13, 13 55 0467 736 736. We'll get back to your texts, uh, your calls, uh, and what have we learnt today? But before we do that, we'll get a hit from the newsroom. Uh, Just repeating that breaking news, coming from New Zealand, their fast bowler Neil Wagner has announced his immediate retirement from Test Cricket. He will not be part of the neighbourhood feud. The Aussies and Kiwis doing battle for the first time uh, across the ditch in eight years. You'll be able to hear that on SEN from 9 o'clock. Uh, Thursday min- uh, Thursday morning, m- minus, minus Neil Wagner. Uh, some more breaking news, too, in AFL, and it comes around the Brisbane Lions and the Sydney Swans. They're playing their Amy Community Series, so it's their pre-season challenge uh, on Thursday. Now, this was slated for Thursday afternoon, uh, Bankstown in Sydney. 3 o'clock our time, so 4 o'clock down in Sydney. But that has been shifted. It's been put back until 6 o'clock our time, 7 o'clock. In Western Sydney, because of the extreme heat, that has been a factor in that part of the world. So both the Swans and Lions push for this, and the AFL have said, "Yep, we're pushing it back." Um, uh, thanks to uh, uh, Fox and SEN who are broadcasting the game. We've agreed, yeah, that that's that's a smart play. So yet yeah, you'll still be able to hear the Swans and Lions uh, this Thursday, six o'clock here on SENQ. Of course, you can download the app now they were training early this morning like real early the Lions, uh, darcy gardner jumped up in front of the the microphones the media the cameras uh before training it was around uh half past seven this morning they were trying to beat the heat as well uh darcy gardner what a story he is uh, has played most of his career in fact all of his career for the lions down back uh, he's a lions life member so that's 10 years of service and more than 150 games but This year, this preseason, they've they've pushed him forward. And speaking to some of his teammates, they thought, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll try that out. That'll be, you know, we'll see how it goes. They've been stunned how well he has adapted to be playing up front. Darcy Gardner, what's his take on the move? Well, this was him this morning.
4: Yeah, uh, it's something different for me, I guess, playing down back most of my career, but um, it's good fun, it's been a good challenge, Um, I've been enjoying it, it. Um, the guys have been doing a good job helping me out there, because I don't really know what's going on, to be honest, I'm just sort of figuring it out on the fly, but no, they're doing a really good job, working close with Murray Davis, who I've worked with most of my career as well, so... Um, it's been good fun. Yeah, Faye's just come to have the chat, um, just sort of just looking at another option potentially, um, a bit more depth down there as well in case something was to happen. Um, and like I said, I've never actually trained anywhere but down back, so it's just good to. It's been good to do, and actually, I've, to be honest, I've learned a bit more about the game and, and how things actually work, um, which has been good for me as well.
3: Uh, there we go, Darcy Gardner on that switch uh, to the forward line. Uh, I wonder how a line-up against Carlton March eight. That's right, the Lions are kicking things off uh, here at the Gabba. Not this Friday, but the next against Carlton. It's a rematch of that prelim final, uh, that epic game at the Gabba. Uh, whether he lines up uh, down back or up front, yet to be seen. We know it's going to be a fairly crowded back line with Tom Duday coming into the Lions squad. He won't be there for round one, but he's not too far away. They're talking perhaps Collingwood, round three, the Easter Thursday clash for Tom Zude to get back on the park after a knee injury uh, ruined the second half of his season. Um, speaking to some of Dizzy's teammates, Darcy Gardner, Gardner's teammates, they said he is attacking the forward role as a defender with that defensive mindset, like tackle first and then get into it, which is which is imperative when you're in that forward line because you also need to make sure that you can – keep the ball in that forward line. So defense plays a big part of it. And that's his mindset first. That and the fact that he's played on some of the best forwards in the comp and shut them down. So it's a crafty move. And the fact he's taken to it like a duck to water, uh, fantastic stuff. So we'll see, uh, Dizzy, no doubt some... uh somewhere throughout the season playing in that forward line. Uh, 11.35 here on a Wednesday morning. A quick break and back with what have we learnt today. It's been a big day internationally and at home on SENQ.
2: This is Mornings with Ben Davis right across the SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime 0467 736 736 or call 1313 55.
1: Oh, yeah, Hey, the Super Bowl <laughs> is come and gone. Now a different sport taking over Allegiant Stadium. The National Rugby League is ready to roll into Las Vegas, of course. Uh, kickoff is coming up this weekend. This is going to be so much fun. And Jason, appreciate you being Jason Sab is here. And, Jason, we appreciate you being here. One of the stars of the Sea Eagles. And, Ron, I'm excited about this because this is going to be a lot seat. of fun. I mean, this People is going to be a fun is. sport out there. <laughs> uh, when you think about what goes on here, no timeouts, no blah. I mean, it's just It's just a brutal sport. It is, it is. Do these games are these important games? These games count, don't they? Yep,
14: yep, yep. So these. This games, is like
1: bringing the NFL over to Australia, and they would count. Exactly, these games are yeah. going to count so here. So
14: they're, they're not exhibition matches. They're not friendlies. They're um they're for two points. You play for two points every game. You win.
1: Well, Jason, good luck. Have fun this weekend in Las Vegas. Not your first time here, but enjoy yourselves. So yeah, and I know yeah. the fans are excited about this sport. Hey, and you got Russell Crowe to kind of promote it for you,
14: right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That Russell Crowe <laughs> versus Hugh Jackman. So <laughs> South vs. Uh, Manly. So it'll be good. It'll be good.
3: Uh, it would be good. It would be good if they let Jason Saab talk. talk. radio interview in the United States. And Jason Saab has been doing the rounds, uh, not only on radio, but on TV in Vegas as well. Yeah, they were talking about Super Bowl Allegiant Legion Stadium. Uh, and and the, the moment of realisation, this is just fantastic, when, when Jason actually, the penny dropped that they were going to play on the same field as the Super Bowl was on.
14: Well, we were at training at the time. We got the screens up there, and um, I was obviously going to and from watching the game. It didn't even—it didn't really click to me that we were actually playing on the exact same field. Um, and that—that that when I when it clicked to me, I thought that, that's a, like that's exciting. Like you know, that's a Super Bowl they're playing there, and um, it's a bit—the the field's a bit different. Obviously, it's a bit smaller and that, but um, it's honestly so exciting the fact they're going to be on the same field as um, some of the greatest. American footballers to ever play the game uh, in front of Americans and unleash our sport in the U.S., so I'm, I'm, I'm excited.
3: Yeah, we're excited too. Um, just the penny dropping that he's going to be on the Super Bowl field. Well done, Jason. Uh, but he, he was asked also, again, trying to educate the U.S. market, the consumers, the fans, the sporting world there, and was asked about who the team to beat would be. Uh, again, in depth interviews and we'll be chatting to those who did these interviews tomorrow on the programme. But Jason Saab asked about who is the team to beat.
1: Who will be the team to beat here? You got the four teams coming Us, in here. Of course. You guys? The team to are, you guys, really? are you guys You're the
3: number men, one
14: team? We're the team to beat, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, honestly we've bought we've brought some um, some pretty fair sides, and I think, you know, especially these four teams will be um, doing pretty well this year in the competition so uh, i definitely think we've, we've brought our best four teams um you know to the to the to the us to the showcase um the game so and there'll be there'll be more teams coming back throughout the over the years as well and we've got a few more back home that are pretty good teams as well
3: yeah our best four teams i know you can say things in the heat of the moment but no i don't know man manly south's roosters Are they in the best four teams in the NRL? Mm. Look, it'd be unfair on the Panthers to come across to Vegas, obviously having played in the World Club Challenge, the Broncos in the grand final. That's hands down. Um, But this is some homework. I want you to put the thinking caps on for tomorrow because this is where I want to go tomorrow. It's a five-year deal going to Vegas. So do they spread the love around the NRL? Do they bring different teams next year and the year after that and the year after that? Basically, to give everyone a go. Is that the way... That should happen. With fairness, or should they be bringing across the top four teams, the the teams that make the top four from the year before? That's the question for tomorrow. Put that in the bank. Have a think about it. Which way would you go? Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six on the text line. Uh, thank you for these. Uh, Nisa is an absolute champ unfortunately being a victim of the big three from 2017 to 2024. Yeah, definitely. Indeed. Um, uh, the last word on Alf was Paddy Welsh with Alfie at the Norman B. Eggie. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. Uh, Winston, a good morning to you. Look, surely we need to improve the second tier competitions in rugby league, but can we please cease this talk of a national reserve grade comp? That will just kill the game regionally. Winston, thank you. Where would you invest your money if you had the purse strings of the NRL? That's the question I've been asking this morning. In fact, it's one of the things we have learnt today.
5: There's a bear in bed And a chair as well
3: There are people with
5: games And stories to tell
0: Open wide, come inside It's
3: play school. Tower kick things off at nine o'clock. If you had the chance to spend the profit of the NRL, where would you invest it? Where where would you put it? Um, It's something I put to Gary Belcher. Yeah. League legend. He was part of the last game of rugby league from Australian shores in America. It was the venture to, it wasn't Vegas. It was to LA 1987, that state of origin match. Um, But, Badge has been around the game for for decades. Where would he like to see the money invested? Because I said, no way should it be the UK Super League. Yeah, that's right. The NRL are exploring the option of buying the Super League. Why would you buy the third string competition in the UK, which is just absolutely flooded by soccer, and then rugby? Uh, Rugby League, is very hard to get a look in. That financially it's going down the drain. So why would you invest money in Super League? I said no way. But Gary Belcher had a different take on it. Yeah, well, I think... Uh, yeah,
11: I'm, I'm with you, Benny, but I think it's so important to us that they make sure that the UK Super League survives and thrives. It's just It just has to. If At, at least we've got one other strong competition. But, you know, we've got all these other... Uh, national teams that are going well in New Zealand and, and uh, Samoa and Tonga and Papua New Guinea, but their competitions aren't very strong. Uh, it, I think it's super important and that the NRL makes sure um, that the UK Super League is is strong and continues to be strong, and perhaps they know more about the game as an international level than we do. It might not be financially as robust as we'd like to think it is. sure there's some rich clubs like Wigan and others, but there's probably plenty of others that are struggling year to year. So maybe they need to just, um, you know, get involved in, at some level and whether it's buying them out totally or investing in them, just to make sure that it keeps going. And, and I, you know, I think that's, that's really important for the future because I can't imagine a future. I don't, can't imagine how, how rugby league's ever going to be strong internationally if that competition fell over.
3: Yeah, it's an interesting take from Badge, isn't it? Uh, investing in the UK to make sure that we do have a strong international game. Um, right now, it's not strong in the UK. Since nineteen ninety six, when Super League started, there's only been four teams, four clubs that have won the title. Uh, it, it's astonishing. So right there, it's not competitive. It's not competitive, and clubs. Every single club has failed to make a profit. They've they've made losses. Uh, the biggest is nearly five million dollars. That's from Huddersfield. That the best performing club financially is Salford, and they still made a million dollar loss. I know clubs aren't the be all and end all. What about the governing body over there? Well, the Rugby League, the RFL, they made a uh, million dollar plus loss in the UK. So, is it where you should be investing your money if you were the NRL? What about junior development? What about the local? What about your own backyard first? The badge interesting take 1313550467736736. 13 736, 736. Uh, we've learned a bit this morning too from across the ditch Neil Wagner will not be part of the test series between Australia and New Zealand the Kiwi fast bowler has announced his immediate retirement it's been a shock it happened this morning it was an emotional morning for him 37 years of age he's pulled the pin and 48 hours from a test match too the first test match between Australia and New Zealand on New Zealand soil in 8 years it's going to be a big one for the kiwis but it's going to be even bigger for australia uh, a couple of players under the microscope one being steve smith uh, he's all but kissed away his chances of making the t20 world cup and now he is still playing his trade as an australian opener he's only had a couple of tests to do that against the windies now he's got two tests to do it against the kiwis before india next summer big golf between this two series and the next one for australia there'll be red bull cricket they might go over and play uh in county cricket in the uk maybe some shield but outside of that steve smith is opener but his opening partner Usman kawaja well he had a fair say about what steve smith brings to the table
8: i mean it hasn't been no different for me batting with smithy i batted with heaps growing up i batted. i was number three for australia for a long time and he was number four so we batted together a lot doesn't really feel any different than like, when we go out and open. So no difference there. I mean, challenging opening, it's, it's always a challenge. You're facing the best bowlers every single time with a new ball, and sometimes the freshest wickets if you go out there first inning. So the challenge is always there. There's no easy runs to be had at the start. <laughs> it's what I miss about batting four and five sometimes. But it's one of those things where I think Steven Smith is as capable a batsman of as anyone in the world. Obviously seven pass, I think he's of this generation. He's he's right up there as the best test cricketer of this generation. So if anyone's gonna score runs at opening it's Steve Smith, so there's no there's no doubt on whether you can bat him anywhere. He'll score runs. It's as simple as that. Simple as
3: that. The world according to Uzi, it's a big rap, isn't it? Steve Smith, the batsman of our generation. He's nailed it though, hasn't he? He is. Isn't he? 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Uh, We've got to wrap out our top five. We'll be doing that. If you've got any late entries, fire them through. The top five suburban grounds. Well, where would you like to see NRL, cricket, AFL, rugby? Uh, where would you like to see some of these suburban grounds used? What's your favourite? Just as a as a one-off. We, we saw it during the preseason, didn't we? With the NRL going to regional and suburban grounds. What's your favourite? Rounding up the top five. We'll do it straight after this. This is Mornings with
2: Ben Davis, right across the SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime 0467 736 736 or call 13, 13 55.
3: It's like firing a shot across the bow, doesn't he? Slamming Sam. Um, mm, Slamming his way into a Tuesday lunchtime. We're three minutes away from that. Doing it today, all thanks to Mackers, proud sponsors, the little legends supporting grassroots sport in Queensland. Hey, if you reckon you know more about footy than your mates, now is the time to put your money where your mouth is. How good is this? Put your talent to good use by playing SEN's NRL Tipping in 2024. Your chance to share in 12 grand with a cash and prizes, including the ultimate NRL grand final experience powered by Ream. You can start your own private league, play against your mates, sign up at nrltipping.sen.com.au and get tipping today. One of his teammates has come running over and thrown the big high five and he's missed and got him right in the eye. I feel sick, Dale, clutching his face. Well, this is just pathetic play by Pakistan.
6: Very, very stupid indeed.
3: Our top five today, though, isn't the top five suburban grounds. Where would you like to see the big events come to? Maybe just as a one-off. Um, rounding out number five, and it was a random one from Adelaide. Salisbury Oval in Adelaide, the home of Stewie Jew and Wolf Lehman in their early days. Number four. Number four, there was a lot of love for Leichhardt Oval. Yeah, belted there in the back of, well, Leichhardt, Belmain, the home of the Tigers. So it gets rolled out uh, normally once a year, as far as the NRL is concerned. It has that really nice, tight, intimate feel, doesn't it? So number four, Leichhardt Oval. Number three! Uh, Another random one, and it was only a couple of votes on this one, the Queenstown Crows, their home ground in Tasmania. Now, from memory, I'm pretty sure this is the ground that is basically a gravel ground. It's got gravel as a base. I think it might have been Chris Fagan's old home ground. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, let's roll out number two. number two. Yeah, these are the two that were dominating discussions. Langlands Park at Cooparoo, the home of the East Tigers, but unanimous. Let's get the drum roll going. Number one. Yeah, number one, the top five suburban grounds taken out by the Seagulls, Cougar Eye Oval, the home of Wynnum, the home of the Chook Pen. There we go, outstanding stuff. Uh, thank you all for your contributions today. Back tomorrow from nine o'clock, Corey Parker kicking us off. Yes, his take on what it takes to win in Vegas. So I'll catch you tomorrow in the morning from nine.